Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy back at it again. It feels like I have been away for a minute, but your boy is back. Welcome to another edition of the Rico Report brought to you by the Buffalo Fanatics. What's good, my peoples? Listen, man, we got a few things to talk about today. I got things to get off my chest. I got a few things I got to get off my chest to some folks that just be still in their feelings. I feel like a lot of Bills fans, myself included, because you y'all see me when when it's game time, I get in my emotions. I get in my emotions. But I come back to reality and then I just kind of, you know what I'm saying, accept things for what they are. But some folks, I tell you, just can't accept things for what they are. And I'm going to bring that up in just a moment. Um, but uh, welcome, folks. What's happening? I got a question for everyone. I got I need to ask y'all, man, because... We need to figure something out, man. Do do I keep the backdrop? I've been I've been wondering what what do I do? Do I go the more sophisticated way? Get a few pictures up, you know what I'm saying? Kind of turn that, get that corner. What do I do? Or do I do you guys kind of chill with the backdrop? Or should just be should I just get a totally different backdrop? I've been wondering because I'm like I gotta change it up. I need to I need to change it up, man. We're going to 20, we're already in 2023. I've had this for a couple of years now. Time to switch up, right? I think so. So you guys let me know if I, if I should switch it up, get a different backdrop, or completely just go down with it and just, you know what I mean, put some pictures up and do whatever. You know what I'm saying? Kind of dress it up a little bit. You guys let me know. But welcome, folks, to um, a wonderful show we're going to have tonight. But uh, I want to kind of touch around the NFL. I got to touch around the NFL. I got to touch around a few things. But uh, before we touch on the NFL, how are you guys? How are you guys doing with this, this offseason? That we're, we just haven't been, we haven't been active. We're active, but we're not active. You feel what I'm saying? Like, we, we're we making moves. We're making a few splashes. But uh, eh, nothing to write home about. My man Bobby says, yo, just paint the wall green, bro. Paint the wall green <laughs> and just put any backdrop you want. He wants me to go with the green screen and go from there. I could do that, too. I could do that. That might be a flex. I mean, my man Rev's got a nice, clean backdrop, so that might be a flex. But we work on we work on some. 
But here's the deal, man. We've been just making little splashes. No big splash, but we expected it. We very much expected it. And the one expectation that I, I, I want to have is that we're going to come back strong. We're going to come back healthy. And we're going to be as competitive as can be. But are we? Are we going to be competitive this year? Because I started looking at the positional needs. I started looking at the 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 the, the positions that gotten that have gotten older, the positions that are frequently injured, the positions that are that I mean the position groups that there's no longer the same people around. Like the team, although very similar, but the team's changed. The team is very changed. So how are you guys feeling? How are you going through the motions of this offseason? Are you hating it? Do you kind of like this low-key vibe? Are you are we gonna hit heavy and hit hard in this draft? I have my thoughts on this draft as well. This is one of those drafts that we can't la di da. I want my first, at least my first two draft picks. I need them to be instant contributors. Instant contributors. The real question is, where do we need to add these instant contributors? I don't want developmental players. I'm sorry. I don't want it. I don't want an AJ Epinesa that has to chill. I don't want a Boogie Basham that's got to chill in the second round that's got to chill. I don't want that, man. I want my guys to play right away. I don't want a second-round pick in James Cook that's got to chill. 89 carries all year long. That doesn't even hit the, what is he, 99, 89 to 90 carries all year long. I don't want that. Aren't you guys sick of that? We, we get these draft picks being covets these draft picks just to have these guys develop. I get it. We got to plan for the future. But I, what did you guys all agree that we're in the right now? We want to win right now. So guess whose mentality has to change? McDermott. McDermott's got to get past this rookies don't play bullshit. It, bruh, it don't work that way, man. These, these, these players are ready to come and play now. Right? These guys are hitting camps all, like, right through high school, right before high school. They're going to camp. They're going to, they're going to everything possible to prepare themselves for this. Yo, these boys are ready to play, man. What is what the, this coddling business? McDermott, you need to stop. Now that you're going to be playing play calling, you're going to be calling plays, maybe your mentality changes. Who knows? I would love it for it to happen. That's why this year's big. This year's big for many reasons. Bean has to hit on this draft. McDermott's calling plays. Leslie Frazier's gone. Jordan Poirier, Micah had a will be back. We got a whole new different run run game with some with some new additions. Defense is a little slightly different. Von Miller is going to be maybe he's back by week one. Clearly, he might not be. He might be coming back later on. So there's a lot of questions, and we need Mr. Bean and McDermott to answer them. And it starts. I mean, it should have started in free agency, but we knew we weren't going to be big players. But it starts now. It starts with this whole draft prospect business and how we're going to handle things. And there's still a few waves. There's still some casualty cuts that's going to happen. So I'm sure he's going to be busy. I'm sure he's going to be busy. But we got plenty of time to get into this 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 Bills talk. I promise you, I'm going to get into that. But let's let's go around the league a little bit. Cardinals. The Cardinals are in some drama. <laughs> the Cardinals are in some drama. There's some some uh, some 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 tea to be spilled. Speaking of tea, let me sip on my tea. You know what I'm saying? Because we're gonna share a little bit of tea. 
Mm. There's some drama, man. First of all, burner phones. <laughs> Yo, these cats are having burner phones so they can communicate with, with GMs and coaches that weren't supposed to be part of the squad. Bro, listen, the NBA, whenever the NBA has a scandal with their owners, they act swiftly. They act immediately. That bozo from the Clippers talking all that junk, like, yo, you're done. Sell your team. <laughs> you got 48 hours to sell your team. Yo, there was no games being played. The games are being played. NBA, yo, they handle their business. The big difference here is the owners, they run this freaking league in the NFL. Owners run the league. And Goodell works for the owners. So Goodell... He's a little, he's a little biased. He's a little biased, man. So we're going to see how this plays out. I know the Cardinals are the Cardinals, but it's not the point. The point is this, man. The, it's all about the shield, right? Protect the shield. You got some, you got some guys that are doing some questionable things. Schneider with the commanders. I mean, you could, you would, you should have had this man sell this team a long time ago, but this played out for so long. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me started on Goodell with my man, Jim Trotter, one of the better freaking reporters out there journalists out there he peppers goodell every single year about what you're going to do about these the, the black the blacks in the newsroom we, we hardly have any executives what are you going to do about it goodell what are you doing to change things two years straight he's been getting peppered and goodell's just you know what i mean go around and around and around and around and around finally he's like yo jim charter's out <laughs> he fires jim charter because jim charter's been on his ass golly man so my, we might, we listen, changes got to be made. Washington Commanders about to sell their team. Magic Johnson's about to take over that. <laughs> Magic Johnson with the Commanders, how about that? Hey, Lamar Jackson still without any progress. Teams are saying I'm out when they have no business saying I'm out. Atlanta Falcons, get out of here with Desmond Ritter. Knock it off. Commanders, Howell. Knock it off. Those are two teams right there. That wouldn't that wouldn't Lamar Jackson be perfect fit with going to the commanders? With Eric Bieniemy taking over? He gets to start fresh. He's got a quarterback that's been an MVP in the league already. No, nah, no, nah, we're good. Rivera's like, no, nah, we're good. Sam Howell's gonna boy, please, man. Crazy nonsense. Lamar still no, no, no progress. Still in limbo. Hopefully things start to move around for my man Lamar Jackson once this draft takes place. Once things start moving, hopefully something, something pans out. Or he's just going to go right back to playing for 32 mil, and then next year he hits the market again. We'll see how that plays out, man. But some dirt around the league, man. But I don't want to touch too much on it. But there is one thing I do want to touch on. And that is a trade scenario. So good morning. I think it was on Good Morning Football. Good Morning Football put a trade scenario out, and I got. I need. I need. I need to get. I need to vent a little bit, right? So let me put the trade scenario up right now. So the trade scenario, a mock trade scenario. So the Bills are on the clock, and the Bills and Cardinals make a trade. The Bills receive the third overall pick, the third overall pick, and they get one of the best receivers in the game right now in DeAndre Hopkins. 
But here's what the Cardinals would receive in return. The 27th overall pick. So we swap our first round picks. We move up 20, what, 20, 20, 24 spots. They get the 59th overall pick, our second round pick. They get the 2024 first round pick and the 2024 second round pick. And they get Gregory Russo. And we get the third overall pick and DeAndre Hopkins. Now, it's an interesting offer. It's an interesting offer. And immediately, immediately, I've seen people say, heck no. Are you on drugs? Are you on crack? Why would anybody make that trade? Blase, blase, blase. Now, here's the deal. Some people want to say it's absurd. When you really, when you think about it, I see, I know why you guys are saying it's absurd. 2024 first round pick, 2024 second round pick. Are you nuts? I'm not giving up those picks. It's the picks. Some people are enamored with the picks. So I've been on record saying I'm out on, on Hopkins. I'm out on Hopkins. I'm good. I'd rather get younger. However, the Bills would receive the third overall pick. The things you can do with the third overall pick. Impact player in the interior line, you can grab him right there with the third pick. Or you trade down and accumulate picks in the first round and, and load up. And load up in the first round by trading down. Forget about 2024, 2022. You know what I'm saying? Those two picks in 2024, first or second round pick. Essentially, they're picking late because the Bills are always going to be in contention, especially if they play their cards right and draft extremely well. Now you get a reset on a young player. This is what I was trying. And the, and the thing, people that like, whether you gave it thought or it was just a quick thought, but you really got to break it down a little bit. Imagine what you get. You get DeAndre Hopkins. I know his age. Trust me. Because I, 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 I told you publicly I'm out, I'm out on it. But the trade, if they were to accept this trade, here's what you get. You get a, you got two top five, top ten receivers on one squad right off the bat. Forget about the financer for now. Because I'm sure they would figure the finances out some way, somehow. You got two top ten receivers on one squad. So now you can't double Stefan Diggs, you wouldn't be able to double Hopkins. And then you have Shakir, and I'm going to go with the youth on this. Forget about Gabe Davis for now. I'd go with the youth player that can go inside and outside. So now you have three legitimate threats at the receiver spot. Your offense right then and there looks pretty damn scary. All right? Now you have the third overall pick. You can go with Jalen Carter. I mean, look what, look what, I mean, not that there is a Sauce Gardner in the draft, but look what the Jets did. They grabbed Sauce Gardner, and what a difference Sauce Gardner has been for that team. So you need an impact player, and you can damn well, very well get your impact player with the third overall pick. You can do what the heck you want, or you can trade down and just accumulate more. And then you're back in business. You got yourself your number one receiver. You got two number one receivers on the squad and a plethora of picks in the in, in this draft. Next year, you won't, be able, you won't be able to get anything, but you got everything in this draft. So why wouldn't you at least consider? You should read the comments. The comments, people wouldn't even consider it. They wouldn't even consider it whatsoever. You would have to at least consider it. Would we lose Greg Rousseau? Yes, we'd lose Greg Rousseau. But you don't think we'd be able to pick up a fresh, young... I mean, not that Greg Rousseau is not fresh and young, but a, a 
a rookie on a nice cheap contract, you get him in there. Come on now. Multiple, if you get some trades in, you could you could replenish your line right then and there in that in the first two rounds. And if you trade down enough, you get some good value picks. But nobody wants to, nobody at least wants to consider. And I'm not saying let's do that. It's just something to consider. I just noticed everybody was just up in arms. This is idiotic. You should never do that. Rah, rah. Golly. The, 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 the potential on that trade is, is pretty dope. Two top-end receivers, an elite quarterback. You got a speed back in James Cook. Just saying. It would be something. Anyways, Good Morning Football had that on there. I thought it was very interesting. But I just, know, I, I just noticed more of the replies. The replies were just immediately shutting it down without even consideration. Come on now. <laughs> At least consider it to say, okay, what angles can I take? I'm just saying. So, and that got me thinking even more, right? The draft, right? And our needs. What, what are our draft needs, folks? What do we need on this team? And I'm not going to get into the draft specifics, a specific player. I'm more talking about the positional needs, the needs that we have on this team. What is it that we need? Where do we begin? So I'm talking to my brother today. And we're talking about, yeah, I mean, when you have siblings, you talk about sports, you talk about all that good stuff, right? And we're talking. And uh, I, I gave him a hypothetical question. And as he's answering my hypothetical question, I'm listening to his, and then something just dawned on me. And I was like, the games that we lost, which were three of them, in those three losses, and I, I only wanted to focus on those three losses. In those three losses, one to Miami, one to the Jets, and obviously to the Vikings. And obviously, you know what? We'll count the Bengals later on, right? But regular season, we, got, we had three regular season losses. And, and before I get into our draft needs, this plays into it. The Miami Dolphins loss. Do you guys, if you guys remember, if you go back to the Miami Dolphins game, it was a hot game. You know what I'm saying? They had us in the sun, baking, all that good stuff. You know what I'm saying? All those excuses that we made. But we came short. We lost 29, 21-19, excuse me. But, like, what was it in that game that stood out that perpetuated this loss? It wasn't a whole lot because, for the most part, we dominated in time of possession. We had like 40 minutes, 39 to 40 minutes of time of possession. So we we had the rock. We were dominating. We had it. We have we were, you know what I'm saying, moving, moving the ball at will. But we weren't capitalizing. That was our problem. We didn't finish. At the end of the day, Allen had time to bring us back. And we fell short. Literally fell short. Isaiah McKenzie in the end zone, ball into the dirt. So then I went back and I was like, what was missing that game? What could have changed the outcome of that game? What could we have done more in that game? I mean, Josh had a, Josh had a monster game that game, right? Josh was Josh. But then I went, I went to the run game. I went to the, I went to the receiving, I read the receiving game. I went to the defensive stat. I was like, okay, so who stood out? Who was the game? Who was the impact player? 
But something stood out to me, and I looked at back at the run game. I went back to the run game, and I was like, Devin Singletary, nine carries, 13 yards. Hmm. Very interesting. Zach Moss was on the squad. Four carries for 46 yards. He ripped up a 43-yard a run that game. And our leading rusher, Josh Allen, of course, eight carries for 47 yards. So take away Josh Allen running the, running the rock to help us. Bro, 13 yards and 46 yards. We have 40 freaking, not, he's not going to cut it. 59 yards rushing. Ain't going to cut it. If you want to win these close games, sometimes you got to, you know what I mean? You got to be able to move the rock. We've got to be able to move the freaking rock. Nine carries, 13 yards. Four carries for 46 yards with a 43, 40, non, a non-reliable run game. No wonder Josh was beat up and tired all at the end. Of, he's carrying this freaking team. He needs the help. So that's what stood out to me in that game. So when I go to draft needs, to me, you get a, a change of pace back. You get a, a back that doesn't need many carries, but will make the most of his carries. Speed, agility, you know what I'm saying? Contact balance, vision, anticipation, all those things that make a great back. We didn't have that in that backfield. Was that a contributing factor as to why we lost? I think so. Although the game was close, 21-19, we had 40 minutes of possession. It was just... But we ran the ball for, for what, 59 yards rushing? Crazy. So that, that, that first game, although close, that's the one, that's the one thing that, that kind of stood out to me. 59 total yards rushing without Josh Allen. That's loss number one. Let's go to the Jets. Funny enough, we lose the two games into the AFC East. Terrible. We just can't have that again. We can't have that happen again. The Jets, we lose 20 to 17. Do you guys remember that game? Ooh, I remember that game. That game had me upset. That game had me vexed. So the glaring needs in that game, or the glaring, that the glaring, they're saying errors that happened again that, that stand out to me. Gabe Davis, that game had two receptions for 33 yards and multiple drops. Two receptions for 33 yards on five targets. Stefan Diggs had 10 targets that game. Not effective. Not effective. So I'm, I'm sitting here going back and remembering this game and going through the box score, and I'm like, oh, yes, oh, yeah. Everything started coming back to me. They took away Josh out. Excuse me. They took away Stefan Diggs that game, and they said, I dare you to try to throw the ball to your receiver number two. Gabe Davis didn't show up. Let's forget about that for a second, right? So receiver two stood out to me. We need someone that can create for themselves, can, can get separation, and help out their quarterback when your number one receiver is being double teamed the triple team. We need that other guy. That game, Gabe wasn't it. It wasn't it. The Jets had three sacks that game and two interceptions. They were getting pressure on Josh Allen. It was nonstop. Josh Allen was moving left to right. Pressure on his ass. 
But the big, the one of the big things that stood out was 174 rushing yards. Where the heck was our interior line? Where where the heck was our where were our linebackers? What's going on? Like what? How are we letting 174 yards rushing without their number one back in Brees Hall? Now we can't let that shit happen. We can't let that happen. So to me, I'm looking at the receiver position. I'm looking at the interior D line, defensive tackle position. We got to stuff that. We can't. We can't allow that. 176 yards. Where, where are my linebackers at? So those things stand out to me when I go, when I start looking back at these games. Let me get a super chat in from my man Ismael Manero. What's up, Ish? Ish goes, yo, man. I would trade back from that three spot and then get Bijan. He's what you he's he's what you get when Marshawn and LaShawn have a baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell you, man. I got I got a stat for y'all later on. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna drop that stat for you guys a little bit later. I wouldn't call it a stat, but a little research I did. Not crazy research, just some light. All right. So I hope you guys are with me because I'm like the Jets. What stood out was receiver two. We didn't have that guy that can offset. They take away Stephon Diggs. All right, Josh, can, I can depend on that guy. Couldn't. Took it away. 176 yards rushing. We can't allow that crap. No wonder we lost that game. They're running all over us. Zach Wilson was catching footballs left, right, center. Like we just, I got, we got our plate. Straight up. Jets game. Loss. Vikings. The infamous Vikings game, right? 33-30. We fumble. We bat down. We don't even do that. There were so many blemishes we had that game. That game should have been had. Against a terrible defense at that, the Vikings had an awful defense. I mean, hence us putting up 30 points on them. And we still lose that. We got to be better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So to me, I see something like this. I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's take a look at the box score. Let's take a look at, you know what I mean, time of possession. Let's go look. Let's look at the team stats. Let's look. Let's view this whole thing. So I look at the, I go, all right, 33 points. That means we must have been running the ball well. That must have been, we're putting up points. Let's go see what the running backs did. Let me see. Oh, total 18 carries for 69 yards rushing. That's Singletary and Cook combined. Josh alone had 84 yards rushing. So let's remove Josh from the equation. Once again, the run game, 18 carries for 69 yards. I'm not saying that it's Cook. I'm not saying that it's Singletary. It's just as a whole, we got to be better. We've got to be better. That's a terrible Vikings defense, and we still couldn't move the ball. On the ground. Here's the deal. Josh had turnovers that game. That hurts. But 43 pass attempts. Do we have to pass the ball that much that we don't respect the run game? You're passing 43 times? To the 18 carries? Oh, come on, son. This is where you need that impact player. This is where you need that impact player. Somebody says, hey, but what about that O-line? You know what? Not every O-line is going to be a solid, man. You're not going to have an amazing O-line. This is where when you get that special RB that doesn't need an elite line, he can manipulate the line, manipulate defenses in order to kind of get, get that game. You're not always going to have the perfect block and have the best lineman. 
So that's where you have to have a special RB in that backfield. So that stood out to me, especially against a bad defense. Now, here's another thing. The minute Edmonds was out the game because he got hurt, that's when the Vikings started to really open up their offense. They really started to pour it on. So then it started maybe saying, you know what? Wait a minute now. Maybe it's not the, it's not just the RB position. Wait a minute. Edmonds leaving for the Bears. Could that be an issue? Could that be an issue? Is that where we we will decide to go and go linebacker? Hold on a second. Didn't we draft two linebackers last year? We drafted Terrell Bernard, Mr. Bernard, and Balen Spector in the, in the late rounds, the seventh round. Are we going? To, are we going to draft another LB again? Are we going to do it early because we lost Tremaine Edmonds? Well, Tremaine Edmonds leaving that game was extremely important because that's when the Vikings really started to put it on us. So something to really consider when looking at these positional needs. LB. And funny enough, Edmonds is no longer here. So can Milano carry it by himself or he's going to need someone like an Edmonds to kind of fill that void? Is it Bale Inspector? Is it Terrell Bernard? The undersized Terrell Bernard? We'll see. I'm still puzzled by the Terrell Bernard draft in the third round. I really, truly am. Draft the guy in the third round just to relegate him to special teams. Tell me that's not weird. My man Javon says, hey, man. Bernard doesn't fit what we need at Mike Linebacker, and Spectre can't be trusted. He's simply not good. I like Spectre, actually. Spectre is better than you than you than you believe. If you go back to looking at the, and I know it's uh, preseason, but you go back to look at the preseason, he stands out. He absolutely stands out. Campbell will be available in the second round. Get Robinson. He will be available at twenty seven. If not, he goes to the Pats. I'm just saying, folks. Let's not make the same mistake we did with Brees Hall. Let's keep it moving. Singletary Cook, sixty nine yards. On 18 carries. Edmonds hurt. Huge difference in the game. Linebacker gone. Big size. All that stuff. It's just Milano. Maybe it was just not enough. Just not enough. And then the infamous loss to the Bengals. That was just a straight beatdown. Nowhere in that game did we perform. Nowhere. We didn't perform at the receiver position. We didn't perform at the RB position. We certainly didn't perform on the defensive front. And we certainly didn't perform on the defensive back. We didn't perform on the old line. We just did not perform, period. I can't find the one bright spot on the squad that can say, yep, yeah, that, that guy. Maybe our punter. <laughs> you feel me? So those losses, in those losses, those were the things that stood out to me. That was, okay, so like, what were we lacking? How come we didn't win that game? And I wanted to dive in a little bit more to the games that the ones that we, we just narrowly won. What was it that just allowed us to kind of squeak away and just we just narrowly won, right? The Ravens game. Barely got by the Ravens. Just needed it. But some of those, sometimes you need those wins. You need those close ones. The freaking Detroit Lions. You need those close ones. Clutch. You need them. But I wanted to focus on the L's today. I wanted to focus on the losses. So then which brings me to the positional needs. I looked at those games. 
I was like, all right, where, where is it that we need to be? Where is it? So honorable mention, before I get into my top five, honorable mention is the tight end position. I almost, this almost made my list. And Rev would have been completely happy with this. This almost made my list. But then I feel, you know what? This might be the year that we utilize Dawson Knox to his full potential. I mean, really utilize Dawson Knox to his full potential. Quentin Morris is coming up. Maybe this is where he takes his leap. Sweeney's gone. He's not going to be eating into his touches. So maybe this is where we, we really make things happen. But then I was thinking, what if they don't trust Quentin Morris? Maybe Quentin Morris is where he is for a reason. Maybe this is where, the, this is where we draft somebody at the tight end position and pair that up with Dawson Knox. That was my honorable mention. Go with that two tight end set. Let's roll. Because that's exactly what I thought was going to happen when we brought in OJ Howard at, at tight end on free agency. And then we cut him. Go figure. So tight end was my honorable mention. So let's start right now. Number five. We're going to go from five all the way to one to the most important. I struggled once I, once I kept on, on moving up. By the way, do me a favor, folks. We got over 100 people watching right now, 150 people watching right now. Smash that like. If you have not subscribed, subscribe. Share this to your pages. Let's get this thing going. I want, I want to be able to grow this channel and try to get to 30K. 30K by, seasons, by the time the season begins, that's a tall task to ask. But let's try to get this thing going. So here we go. Number five. This was a tough one. Let's go to the defensive backfield. That's one of the bigger positions of need. And I'm going to go more specifically at the safety position. The safety position. Whoa, 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 Rico, why would you go with the safety position? Why not? Jordan Poirier was nearly banged up, almost left. He comes back, does a presser. He mentions, and he starts dropping the R word. What? I've always, I've always read and I've always seen that whenever someone starts dropping the R word, they're halfway out the door. And if you're halfway out the door, when you bring up the R word, how much, how much more juice do you really have? And I'm not questioning the juice that Poirier has because he brings it all the time. But when you bring up the R word, retirement, yo, how much, how much you really, how much you still really in it? How much you really in it? That's what I'm saying, right? So let's look at the safety room. Poirier, 32. Banged up, but he's coming back, and he's going to be paired up with his homie, Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde, 31. 30 to 31. So you got two aging guys, one coming off a pretty serious neck injury that had him pretty much out the rest, like what, most of the season. And you have one that just that barely kept his, act, his, his body together and fought hard and kept his defense going. All the way right to the end until he was concussed and kicked out the game. So he was beat up. So we got two older, injured players coming back from injury. It's got to make you kind of say, hmm, I'm watching. So maybe this is where we get young in the draft. Do we go and draft a safety? Is this, a, is this the draft for a safety? So that's something to consider. So when I started looking at that, I'm like, okay, well, who, who do we have on the squad? 
Hamlin. Do we know if Hamlin's even coming back? And if he does come back, how effective is he going to be? Is he going to be thinking too much? There's so many, there's so many factors and very variables that can go on with the situation. So we got Hamlin. We don't know what's going on with Hamlin. We know about Poirier. We know about Hyde. Cam Lewis. Nickel slash a little bit of corner now transitioning to safety. Cam Lewis was in our doghouse for the longest time, wasn't he? We had the ability to go up against the Vikings and beat the Vikings after such a sloppy game and just take that and beat the Vikings. But nope. Went for the interception. Going for the interception when you should bat the ball down. And we, of all people, Bills fans should know, bat the ball down. Here comes Cam Lewis trying to go for the interception, trying to be that guy. He's trying to be him. Well, it just so happens <laughs> the Vikings have a really good Mr. Him in freaking Jefferson. And Jefferson said, thank you very much. Let me take that and lead my team to victory. Cam Lewis, safety. Are you happy with that? Are you confident with that? I didn't think so. Christian Benford, corner slash potentially we're going to try him out at safety and we'll see how that goes. When you could have done it all season long, you're going to wait for this offseason to try to make try to make do and make that happen. So right now, if you look at it, and then we just brought in Taylor Rapp, 25 years of age. So we got a little youth on that side. We got a little bit of a, a little bit of a thumper at the safety position. We'll see how that plays out. So is it is the future going to be looking like a Taylor Rapp Benford? Who knows? But the point I'm trying to make is this. Safety position is not something that we should scoff at. Safety position might be a position that they say, you know what, let me, let me, let me go draft a safety and add this, to this, uh, add this safety to this room. Get some youth infusion. Fuse, infuse this defense with a bit of youth. So that's number five. That's the safety position. That's got to be a position that we might look at and try to add some contributed pieces. But thank goodness we have veteran guys, guys that are coming off of injury, but healed in the process, having going to have a strong offseason and bring it back and just finish their career strong. I mean, you're on the back end of your career. You want to try to finish strong and try to win that. You want to bring that chip to Buffalo. I think we all know what the deal is. So that's number five. Safety position. How do you guys feel about that? Is that a, is that a, is the safety position on your mock, when you guys are doing all your mock drafts, is safety anywhere on that list? Did you draft it in the fourth round? Was it in the seventh round? Did you draft it early? Or is it someone that you really like? You guys let me know in the chat. Let me know if you have any safety in your mock drafts. Let's go to number four. What do you think my number four position of need is on this team? Where, you, where do you think I'm going with this? Talk to me. And if you guys, by the way, if you guys are, are, you, are with me on this, give me that thumbs up. Smash that like. That allows me to know that you guys are with me and we're going to keep rocking. Let's go to number four. What you got? What do you think I'm going with number four? Javon says he thinks I'm going DT, defensive tackle, D-line. D-line. You know, that's a good guess. <laughs> James like, yo, you going to go punter? Punter was going to be on my on-roll benches list, but I was like, nah, I ain't going to do it. Nah, I ain't going to do it. Victor Ubli says, yo, man, he's probably going to be, it's probably going to be RB at the number four position. Well, you're wrong, folks. Number four position, the number four position of need, 
linebacker. You're probably like, what? Wouldn't you have that as the number one? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Hear me out. Here's the depth that we have on our squad. Linebacker, we have Milano. Newly extended Milano. Thank you, guys. Now you guys are with me, man. PVC says linebacker. Uh, we got my man David Devonshire says middle linebacker. So you guys are with me on linebacker. I know some people are like, what? Get out of here. My man James is like, no way, Rico. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm not kidding you. We're going linebacker, baby. Ismael Manero says, yes, Rico. I joined for two minutes. Tell you tell you about uh, a safe, tell you about safety. Yo, I might. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Ismael, we're going to talk about that. So safety was my number one. That's my, excuse me, that's my fifth best. I mean, that's the fifth ranking in terms of positional need. Linebacker is next. Here we go. Do we need a linebacker? Yes and no. We drafted two last year. We don't know what they're about. We don't know what they're about because we're, we, we're too busy stashing these linebackers and we don't let them kind of get on the field and show us what they got. Let me proceed. We got Milano. We got Tyrell Dotson that we brought back. We got Terrell Bernard. We got Balen Spector. And we got Tyler Matikavich. There's, there's your linebacking crew. Does anybody, does anything scream amazing? I'm ready to roll. Not a whole lot, man. Milano Dotson. Dotson is no scrub. Let me make that very clear. Dotson is no scrub. And when he filled in for Edmonds, on a couple occasions, this guy was racking up tackles. I think he had two games of, of, of eight tackles or more. I think he got one game he was in double-digit tackles. So he's a tackling machine. He can get in there. He's no Edmonds. But would that be a nice compliment to Matt Milano where we don't need to address the linebacker position? No. I think we still will need to address the linebacker position. How high is the real question? A lot of people are talking about Jack Campbell. I'm not so sure on Jack Campbell. Thanks to my man. <laughs> Thanks to my man, Bobby. Bobby, if you guys haven't seen, everybody's on Jack Campbell talking about Jack Campbell this, Jack Campbell that. He's a this, he's a that. Go to the Buffalo Fanatics IG page, the Instagram page. There's a little breakdown on what linebacker Jack Campbell brings to the table. Watch it. Let me know how you, how you guys feel, if you guys still feel strongly about a Jack Campbell. Now, here's the deal. We're primarily in nickel. You know that. So we're always going to have Matt Milano and said linebacker, whoever the said linebacker is. We don't do three linebackers said. Now with Coach McDermott taking over the calls, he might be multiple and switch things up. We'll see. We lost Edmonds. We got to replace him. Who are we going to replace him with? We've already gone through the free agency process. If we wanted someone, Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We would have got someone ASAP. So we'll see how that still plays out. There's still some meat on the bone still out there in free agency. So we'll find out. Ismail Manero comes in and says, Dotson is a better run-stopping uh, linebacker than Edmund was. I agree. He's more of a thumper type of linebacker. He's, a, he's got a bit of a somewhat of a nasty streak to him. And that's why part of me is why I put linebacker at number four. Do we go linebacker again, though? Two linebackers in the previous draft. Do we go right back at it again and go for a linebacker? What kind of linebacker do we need? Do we need a linebacker that's great in coverage? Or do we need that Nick Bolton type of linebacker that's a thumper, like a Jared Davis thumper level linebacker? To me, I think that we need to bring in a little bit of nasty streak, a little nasty streak to the linebacking position. One that when you get hit, you will feel it. You will feel that hit. Sideline to sideline, if you got the lateral speed enough to do that, great, but you come in and hit like a ton of bricks, that's the type of stuff you need in this type of Buffalo defense. Milano is a jack-of-all-trades. This guy could do it all. But you get a thumper of a linebacker, give a different vibe than what Edmonds gave us, maybe that's the role we need. But where do we draft that player? So linebacker, to me, that's number four. Number four on my list is the linebacker position. And I need a, to me personally, I need a thumper of a linebacker. PBC fam says, hey, man, Drew Sanders or Jack Campbell? Drew Sanders is, I'm starting to now get into my, into my drafting and, and, and looking at the film on these players. Drew Sanders is next on my list to look, to look at and see what, see what he's saying. But I'm hearing some good things from my man, Drew. Let's keep it rolling. So number four, linebacker. Where do you think I'm going to go with number three? Number three, where am I going with number three? The number three most important position draft need, the position of need, the draft need. We need to draft a player in this department. Where are we going with this? What position? Where am I going with this? My man Z-Type says cornerback. Definitely going to cornerback. PBC says, yo, we're going receiver. We're going receiver. Nathan says, we're going to go RB. Benny says, you are going interior lineman. All right, I'm going to tell you right now, folks. Defensive tackle. 
defensive tackle. You're like, ooh, defensive tackle, really? Yes, really. So when you go back, when you go to our defensive tackle, and you go to our defensive interior line, you got a often, I don't want to say often injured, but an injured Jordan Phillips. Jordan Phillips was never right all year long. He had to get surgery on his shoulder, I believe, um, in the offseason. So, like, you're, he wasn't all the way right. And if you're not available, then you get, we're, we're, we're in a predicament because Jordan Phillips is a big body. I'm not saying he's, a, he's an animal and you can't move him, right? But he's a big body, and he can be tenacious. He can get after that quarterback. So who was our best interior lineman last year? Who was our best interior lineman? Can we all say, if we, can we all agree that Daquan Jones was our best interior lineman last year? Would you, have ex- would you have expected that? Part of me, yes. But who would who would you have rather have a monster year because of the likes of Tim Settle, because of the likes of Daquan Jones? Didn't you think that Ed Oliver would have been, this is the year. This is the year. We finally got a true three-tech DT, excuse me, a one-tech DT. We're going to allow our three-tech DT and Ed Oliver let loose he's gonna go nuts this year watch out for this bill's defense dud i'm not saying he didn't play well but he didn't have the impact that a guy should have that we draft in the freaking first 10 picks am i lying if i'm drafting in the first 10 picks you better be impactful i need you to be impactful you got guys that got drafted after him that are more impactful for their team than our guy ed oliver I'm sorry, man. You, you, we, we need more out of you. And now you're going into your final year of your deal. And if you have a monster year, that's fantastic. That's great. But guess what? Marcel Dares did the same damn thing. Last year of his contract went ham. 10 sacks. Gave him a monster contract. Disappeared. Dis-a-freaking-peared. Do we fall for that again? Is he impactful enough for you folks? Or is it time, you know what, let's go see what this draft is all about. I hear Jalen Carter's starting to drop. Maybe he dropped down to 27. You just never know. But Daquan Jones was our best lineman. See, he's, I just saw him issue on the Manitos. Look at that. Daquan, the most consistent. You know what I'm saying? So we need to, he's he's like a grad, he's a tad, we say grad better than Vita Vey? I think you want to say tad, but I understand what you're saying. Daquan Jones was definitely our best lineman. Impactful, difference maker. You wish you had a few more of this guy on your squad. But although I love a Daquan Jones, but I would have rather my guy, the guy that I drafted, top 10 pick, to be more impactful. I had to go out and get Tim Settle. I had to go out and freaking get pick up Daquan Jones. I had to go out and bring back Jordan Phillips. What's that telling you? I'm just saying. So to me, my number three position is the defensive interior. 31-year-old Daquan Jones was our best lineman, interior. Phillips, Settle, Oliver, you know what I'm saying? Eli Anku and Brandon Bryant. Those were our defensive tackles. Brandon Bryant came on pretty good. He had some moments in the, in, uh, in the, at the end of the season. He started to come on. So we'll definitely see more of Brandon Bryant. But the key player in all of this is our former, former first-rounder in Ed Oliver. He's a top 10 pick, folks. I thought we were going to pick TJ Hawkinson. But Ed Oliver ended up being that guy. 
I just need him to be more of an impact player, especially where we drafted you. You need to be more of an impact player. Or we get younger and hit the draft and go defensive tackle. One of them is going to fall right into our lap, like they always do for the freaking Ravens. Ravens always have a nice defensive player that falls right into their lap, and they're good to go. Jason Oway, that's the guy I wanted. Bastards. But you guys catch my drift. So to me, DT is the number three position. Where's my number two? Where are we going with number two? What is my number two position? I feel that that's, the, that's where we need to focus and get somebody in the draft. So let me recap. Number five, safety. Number four, linebacker. Number three, defensive tackle. Where are we going with the second spot? James is like, receiver. <laughs> receiver or O-line from my man Javon. Interior O-lineman, my man Benny George is saying interior lineman. Bills Mafia says right tackle. You know what I'm saying? Two is receiver. It's got to be. It's got to be receiver. Well, here's the deal. Folks, I struggled to I struggled to see where I was going to go with this. Where am I going to go with this? And I said, F it. Running back. Running back is the number two. And let me, let me, let me, let me go a little bit more in so you guys understand it. Jim Kelly had a lot to say not too long ago. It'd be nice to not have Josh Allen do all the things that he does for this team. It'd be nice to have yourself an impact baller, a guy that can take the pressure. I'm not talking about carry, you know what I mean, take the pressure off and, and give it to some guy just to eat up the carries and really goes nowhere. We had that last year. That's why we traded Zach Moss. Eating up carries but going really nowhere. So Jim Kelly's like, maybe you might want to kind of look at running back. And I'm like, wait a minute now. Who's running the rock for Jim Kelly? Oh, that's right. Impact player, Thurman Thomas, Hall of Famer. Take the pressure off. And taking the pressure off of these quarterbacks doesn't mean just eat the carries. and No, nah, man, take the pressure off, meaning put some stress on the defense. Put some stress on the defense. Rip that one for 27 yards. Kenneth Walker puts pressure on the defense. It takes pressure off of Geno Smith because you have a back like Kenneth Walker. You have a back like Brees Hall. You have a back like, like Najee Harris. These guys are great backs, man. Let me tell you something, man. Now that we're in this, this running back talk, there was a tweet earlier today that someone's like, you know what? For those that always talk about uh, running backs are a dime a dozen, you should never take a running back in the first round, all that talk, all for all those guys. Maybe some of y'all can... Let's talk about linebacker. Maybe linebacker falls in that never take a linebacker in the first round. And he goes with a list of linebackers that were taken first round linebackers, right? 2015, Stephon Anthony. You guys know who Stephon Anthony is? Neither do I, right? Darren Lee in 2016, Ruben Foster. We already know Ruben Foster was a dog, but he got into legal trouble. So you know how that goes. Jared Davis. The, the, the Jared Davis, I know a couple of times he's been hurt right now. So is he really impactful anywhere on the, in, in this game right now? Not to my knowledge. Rashawn Evans, Van, Le, uh, Leighton Vander Esch just signed a one-year deal to go back to the, to the Dallas Cowboys because they, they, were, they weren't going to bring him back until he had to take a cheap deal, right? Tremaine Edmonds, big money deal for Tremaine Edmonds. That 18 draft wasn't so bad. Roquan Smith, 
2019, you got Devin Bush and Devin White. 2020, Isaiah Simmons. What's he doing? Kenneth Murray. I like K-9. K-9 was supposed to be that guy, but has, has he been as impactful? You've been hearing his name a lot for the Chargers? Nah, right? Jordan Brooks. You know who Jordan Brooks is? Neither do I, right? Zayvon Collins. A little too soon to see what Zayvon Collins is about, but what's Zayvon Collins done? Has he, has he been impactful? Has he done anything? Not a whole lot. Jamin Davis, Devin Lloyd, and then Quay, Quay Walker. Quay Walker cut a couple screws loose in the head, hitting people out of bounds, getting kicked out of the game. So, like, any of these guys stand out to you? Like, woo, watch out. So then I was like, hold on, let me, let's go, let's, let's go to the running back group. How many, I, I want to know who the first round running backs that have, that have come out since 2015. Let's start off in 2015. Melvin Gordon in 2015. That's a good solid back. And he's still relevant somewhat now. I actually know this is the first year that he's just been, the last couple of years he's been irrelevant. But when he was on, he was on. His first, when he, on his rookie deal, he was nice like that. I'm surprised that he's not, he's gotten, he hasn't gone further. Let's keep it moving. 2016, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott has been a freaking solid freaking player in this game. He ain't no bum. Everybody knows that. Has he declined a little bit? Potentially. But he was, he was impactful right from the start for his team. And you can't tell me he wasn't. Look at, look at, at Christian McCaffrey. Right? That's the 2017 draft. Leonard Fournette. Those boys, when they got drafted to their team, they were solid for their team. They were contributors right off the bat for their team. They took the pressure off their quarterback. Leonard Fournette was a little beast. You didn't want to get in front of Leonard Fournette. And I'm not talking about second contract, guys. I'm talking about rookie deal, guys. These running backs, when they were in their rookie deals. Sonny Michel, bum. <laughs> I already put that in there. Bum. Right from the start. The Patriots did a terror. They shouldn't have done it. Right? Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny is going to an, on his second contract. Can't stay healthy. That's the problem with Rashad Penny. Josh Jacobs. G. Going back to the Raiders, but impactful, takes the pressure off his quarterback. He is nice like that. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, bum. <laughs> I don't know what these guys were thinking by grabbing Clyde Edwards Hilaire later on. He he wasn't that nice, right? Travis Etienne, now that he's he now that he's he's healthy, look how impactful he was to Trevor Lawrence. And look how far Trevor Lawrence and the freaking Jaguars went. They actually had a damn run game. And then Najee Harris. Solid every down back. Catches the football out of the backfield and runs the rock. And I bring, I bring these names up because you need to take the pressure off your quarterback. Every one of these guys can do that and have done that in their first five years in the league on their rookie contracts. So let's move on back to the running back position. To me, that's the number two best positional need that I think that we have and I think that we can address in this draft. And we're, prime, we're in the prime spot for a running back to fall right to us. It's not like we're picking top 10. We're picking late, 27th pick. We might even, even trade down. You just never know. Cook going into his second year. Harris, he's on a one-year deal for 1.77 mil. If we need to get rid of him, we can. It ain't going to cost us a whole lot. Naeem Hines is going to be, he's going into his second year with the team. He's going to be a dual player. He's going to be catching the football out of the backfield, punt return, and kick return. Love that. Until maybe Deontay Hardy comes in and, and takes care of business. 
we were near the bottom statistically when running the football. Near the bottom. Take Josh out of the equation. The running backs alone. We were the second fewest in carries, and we were the second fewest in touchdowns. Can't smell the end zone, and we, we, ain't, we ain't touching the football. Not touching enough. Come on now. You got to protect Josh Allen, and you got to take the pressure off of him. How do you do that? You get yourself an impact dog of a running back. But we got James Cook, and we got Damian Harris. I don't give two shits. You got a game-changing running back that you can grab in the first round, you grab him. You grab him. Figure the rest out afterwards. Let me tell you something, man. Josh Allen accounted for 35% of the rush yards from the Buffalo Bills. 35%. Fam. Nah. You can't do that. You can't, you can't have that. Your quarterback accounting for 35% of your rush yards. We had 2,300 yards. I think 2,200 yards rushing. Josh has 762 of that. <laughs> Come on now. Nah, man, we got to help him out. We got we to gotta help our quarterback out. We got to help the team out. And I said, I said, it's not about just giving the carries to these guys. It's about when these guys get the ball, they put immense pressure on the defense. Immense pressure and takes pressure off of Josh. And now he can play loose because now the defense is on their toes. Shit, play action is really going to matter this time. Do you think anybody gave two shits when we did play action with Devin Singletary and James Cook in the backfield? Hell no, they didn't. Hell no, they didn't. You can play action all you want. I am biting. But do you but you get a guy that will stress you? Or you better be on your toes, linebackers, and lean forward so that play action can actually work. I see Javon sitting here giving me stats. Says Cook averages 5.7 yards a carry with a bottom five O-line. Give him the RB role one with Harrison committee and a better O-line, and he will cook. That 5.7, that the 5.7 looks really good when you had less than 100, 100 carries. Let's give it a buck. You had less than 100 carries, so the average looks really good. I get what Javon is saying, but the average was really good when you only had 89 carries. Just saying. You know what I'm saying? All right. But I'm not taking away that. I'm not taking away your point. Not at all. So to me, I look at this running back position. You, if you get a guy that falls to you at 27, like a B. John Robinson to me, because he's one of the he's I think he's the back in this in this draft. He falls to you. You don't skip on that. You grab it. Because we can't go back to having the second fewest. And which brings me to my next point. Dorsey has a lot of explaining to do if he doesn't get this system rolling, if he doesn't get this scheme rolling. And he's got a lot of adjustments to make. We got to be better. We got to be better. Make your adjustments or you're going to be at that podium talking about, oh, well, you know, we should, we tried to get, you know what I'm saying, this team, the, the team going, but you know what I mean? Josh is an alpha guy and Josh is just going to do what Josh does and rah, 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 rah. Yo, we're tired of hearing that shit. We're tired of hearing that shit. Get the boys the ball and distribute it as as they're supposed to so you can take pressure off your damn quarterback. Josh is going to be Josh, and you know that. Help your boy out. So to me, number two, RB position. And number one, what is the number one position that you think that 
the Bills should definitely go after. No matter what, round one, you got to hit on this position. The draft need for the Buffalo Bills. Who do you got? Who stands out to you? What position stands out to you? Jim Graham says receiver. Z-Type says the O-line. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I, ain't going, I ain't going to wait for y'all to try to figure it out. It's receiver. It's receiver. You're, it's funny. You're like, you're like, what? No O-line on this list? Nah. Because we went 13-3, and three, primarily passing the football with not an effective run game. And we added some, some, some. I guess you say, I guess you could say some, some, some pieces that will help this O line, that will improve this O line. So no, I didn't add any O line. But receiver, though, I definitely am gonna go there. So let's just put it this way: it's, it's very simple. Stephon Diggs is 29 years of age. He is your quintessential alpha freaking receiver on the squad. Number one, ain't no fronting about it. That's your guy. Gabe Davis had his best. Statistical year last year, but guess what? He's going into his final year of his contract. Are we planning to bring him back? Are we going to extend him and try to give him the bag? Because you know damn well he's going to want the bag. He ain't going to come back on some hometown discount because I love Buffalo so much. No, no, no. He wants the bag. I can guarantee you that he wants the bag. So consider him potentially gone. I'm on the, mo- I'm on the fence of more he will leave and try to get the bag somewhere else where I'm appreciated. So Diggs, Davis, Shakir. Shakir going into his second year. I'm very much looking forward to Shakir. I don't know about y'all, but Shakir showed me a lot of things last year that you're like, this guy can be nice. Let's talk about it. I read somewhere that they they consider Khalil Shakir like the mini Debo Samuels. He's like a, a Debo Samuels light. And that's a hell of a compliment because he, he's just the dog. He's a football player. So let's roll. So Davis, Diggs, Shakir in your slot. And then we've got some role player receivers in Hardy and Sherfield. Hardy's probably going to assume the role of kick return, punt return, or most likely punt return, and give us that, that Isaiah McKenzie slash the role that should have gone to Naeem Hines, but now Hardy's here. So he might be our gadget guy. We'll see how that plays out if my man Dorsey is creative enough. But that's all. He's got all offseason to figure that part out. So there's your receiver room. The one-year deal, guys, Hardy and Sherfield, they're really just one-year deals. If you're not cutting it, you're gone. So the person that's still on this team by next year is going to be Kalusha Kier and Stephon Diggs. You got to draft yourself a receiver. So to me, receiver, you got to hit. And here's what made it stand out to me. That game against the Jets really stood out to me. It really stood out to me. And then it stood out to me even more when we faced the Bengals in the playoffs. We just weren't good enough. We were just not good enough. And we could, you got a beautiful ball thrown to Gabe Davis on the sideline. Right on the money, you couldn't have asked for a more accurate football thrown. Drop. So when we see those things in big games and big moments, we screaming for another receiver. And this is where the Bills come in at number 27 and say, you know what? We're not messing around. We need this, this offense to continue to roll. We need this offense to continue to be a, bad, a badass team. 
we're going to draft ourselves a nice young stud of a receiver that doesn't need, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't need a lot of, a lot of coddling. Excellent route receiver, excellent speed in and out of breaks, and will take the pressure off of my quarterback and take the pressure off of Stefan Diggs. You got to bring yourself a young receiver in this first round draft. You got to, that'll be my number one. Number one is receiver. Bring us our receiver because by next year, when Gabe Davis decides to walk, if Hardy comes back, great. If Sherfield comes back, awesome. And then we have two young bucks of receivers with Stefan Diggs. We rolling. You'll have your, you can have Diggs, Shakir, young receiver. And then that's when we, we keep the engine rolling and we keep giving and feeding Josh Allen excellent pieces because we've seen when he's looking and throwing to biscuits, they ain't catching anything. When you got a biscuit on your freaking old line and you got a biscuit as well as on your receiving line, you got nothing. So that's when Bean was like, all right, we got to change that up. Let me, let me go get some Smurfs, get a little smaller. But those boys can get separation and it helped Josh employ it, it helped him get in there and explode and have a great year. So now Josh knows what the standard is. So who do we go and get? Who do we go and get for draft in this receiver, in this receiving receiving class? We got some good ones. And some good ones are going to fall to Buffalo at 27. Get a young stud that doesn't, that is similar to a Stefan Diggs that doesn't need anything and can get himself open and give Josh that target. I don't want any body catching, man. Snag that thing out there. It's going to be fun, man. So let's recap before I get out of here. Big draft positional needs. Safety. That's number five for me. Number four, linebacker. Linebacker would be a nice position to get. Is it Jack Campbell? Who knows? Is it Saunders? I have no idea. I haven't really looked into it. I'm going to jump in there in the film room and see what's going on. Third, defensive tackle. We need a game, an impact gamer. Daquan Jones can't be the guy that's running shit and wrecking shit at age 31. We need our young bucks to step up. Ed Oliver, that's you. That's supposed to be you. That year, last year was supposed to be a massive year for you. Now we owe you $10 million. You need to have a massive year. I don't want no Marcel Darius bullshit either. Come with it. After defensive tackle, give me the RB position, running back position. And I can keep telling you, man, take the pressure off Josh. And I don't mean by just giving up the carries. Let this guy have 24, 25 carries. I'm not talking about that, man. You can get a running back that has 12 to 15 carries. That's an impact player. Not a good running back, but a solid elite running back that can make things happen. You put, you give... Saquon Barkley type back 12 carries to 13 to 14 carries with a quarterback like Josh Allen. You can't tell me he's giving you 43 yards rushing. Heck no. Heck no. When you got a Daniel Jones, that's a little different. When you got a Josh Allen with a Saquon back there type of back, that's problems. So let a guy like Bijan be available. You see how you see the way the Dolphins are loading up. You see the way the Jets are attempting to load up. They load it up in the receiver room. They're loaded at the running back room. They get the quarterback that they think that is the, the, that's the missing piece. That's, this East is going to be a tough division. So we got to fight fire with fire. At the end of the day, 
You know what matters in this game? Scoring points. And guess what? In the playoffs, 10 points ain't going to cut it. The Bengals absolutely mollywhopped us. They mollywhopped us. We did diddly squat that game. Diddly freaking squat. I didn't even, it was 27 to 10. What could you do with that? Nothing. Josh Allen wasn't good. The running back wasn't good. The old line was terrible. The receivers weren't good. Nothing was good that game. You know that. Yet, in this draft, you hit receiver, you're great. You hit an RB, even better. To me, we go receiver, RB, receiver, DL. We're laughing. We'll see. But if you ain't there at 27, Bijan, we got to go receiver. If Bijan's gone, some guy has the Bijan going to the freaking Eagles at 10. It's crazy. But you know what? If the Eagles took him at 10, that's because they know that that is a game-changing back and that'll help them stay with the edge in the NFC East. So why not let that brother fall to us so we can freaking have an edge? Because that's a big piece that we need. But we got James Cook. Well, we're about to find out. And here's, here, and here's an extra thing for me. That kind of, that, that, that McDermott kind of pisses me off a little bit. McDermott has this thing where he has us fans, and this is, this is, an, this is a fan issue. It has nothing to do with McDermott, but I'm going to blame McDermott anyway. McDermott has this thing about holding on to rookies and not really letting them play. And he's got us fans talking like, yo, is he good or is he not good? Like, do you know anything about Terrell Bernard? Did he get enough playing time for you to see, yo, could this guy play or not? Especially with Edmonds being out. We don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can James Cook play? We trade Zach Moss. All right, James Cook is going to get a whole lot of carries. We're going to see a lot of J- 89 carries all year long. Like, come on, son. Like, get these guys on the field so we can see what these guys have. We're sitting here wondering if these guys are good or not. <laughs> you feel me? Like, come on, man. Like, is Elam solid or is he not there? He's in the game. He's out of the game. He's inactive. He's active. Like, fam, make up your mind. He's a first-round draft pick. Put him on the freaking field. I digress. But you guys catch what I'm saying, man. (laughs) McDermott, Bean, this draft is crucial because we need some impact players immediately. I need these players to freaking contribute. So you better, wherever the Jets go, because they seem to freaking have a pulse on this freaking, this drafting thing. So if you hear they're flying to Arizona to go watch someone in Arizona, you better go fly with them and find out what the hell they're doing. Because the Jets are really doing something in that damn draft room. That's real. And that's real as it can get, man. But that's it, man. I wanted to, I wanted to drop that on y'all. Tell me what you guys think. How do you guys see your, your top five positional draftees? By position, what are you thinking? Give me the drop them right now in the chat. Are you are you in the similar boat as myself? Safety number five, number four linebacker, number three DT, number two running back, number one receiver. And you know what? Honorable mention. I think we should draft a quarterback. Kyle Allen doesn't do it for me whatsoever. But we only carry two quarterbacks, so I would still kind of consider looking at a quarterback, a nice developmental quarterback, and let him sit, a young quarterback, and let him sit. But that's honorable mention. So where do you guys see it? 
Zomadong says, uh, I think we go LB in the first. Linebacker in the first. Chum Lee. What's up, Chum? Chum Lee says, yo, we got to go receiver. We got to go O-line, and we got to go linebacker. Okay. I like it. Linebacker, defense, uh, defense, and you got to go receiver. I like it. Do you say defense coordinator? <laughs> you hating on Legend Frazier? Rodgers always played safe. McDermott, McDermott. Uh, I hope we'll be different. We'll see, man. They say that McDermott is a very, he's a very aggressive coach. He's an aggressive style coaching. Um, he's got that style of an aggressive coach. So maybe we see more blitzes. Maybe we see more exotic blitzes. Get closer to the line. We'll see, man. We might have the the old Panther days when these guys went, you know, what I'm saying to the Super Bowl with a nice defense, good corners, good linebackers. Maybe linebacker is important. Maybe that's what they get in the first round. Who knows? We're going to find out. We will, we will find out. So what do you guys like? The past took developmental QBs all the time, man. And they do. And guess what? They end up shipping them. <laughs> they ship them somewhere else. They had Ryan Mallett one year. Ryan Mallett was supposed to be, you know, that next dude. Shipped. <laughs> it happens, eh? Jimmy G, shipped. And look at that. Jimmy G is about to get paid with the Raiders. Good for Jimmy G, man. Good for Jimmy G. So, folks, we got so uh, my man Chumley says, "Yo, draft Georgia legend Stenson Bennett." Well, I highly doubt we'll do that, but you never know, man. I mean, look, we we drafted uh, Jake Fromm, so it's not like we're we're not looking for you know what I mean a young quarterback to sit behind us. Jake Fromm was drafted in the fifth round, so I can see us drafting a quarterback for sure, and then go from there. We'll see. My man, see, uh, Kadai says, uh, you got to go O-line, defensive tackle, receiver, running back, and quarterback. Oh, you win on that quarterback, huh? Okay. I see you, bro. David David Stevens says, yo, Campbell is too slow. Let me let me read you. Uh, I'm going to see if my man uh, Bobby has a has a write-up on it. Because I got to I got to read you a little something on. on Jack Campbell to see what my man Bobby was talking about. Cause he's got a thread that he's got, he's turning people's heads right now. People are like, man, I don't know if I'm all in on Jack Campbell ever since my man, Bobby put that out there. Kind of gives you an idea of what, uh, what to expect. Hold on a second here. Let's see. No, that's not what I want to see here. So Jack Campbell. I'm going to see if you put it right up on Jack Campbell. A lot of folks are, are talking about Jack Campbell being that dude, but is he? Is Jack Campbell that dude? I don't know, man. So draft needs, uh, post-free agency. So if we are in, a, and I can tell right now, these are the players that we should be looking at. Shout out to my man Bobby for putting this list together. So linebacker, receiver, O-line, D-line. Disrespectful, he didn't even have running back on there. Bobby, we got to talk about your list, bro. <laughs> we we got to talk about your list, can we? So if you're looking at the linebacker position in the first round, you got to look at Drew Saunders or Drew Sanders, excuse me, Trenton Simpson, Jack Campbell, Henry Tototo, Tototo, and Noah Sewell. You got to look at those linebackers right there. If we're going to go for a linebacker in the first round, that's where you go. Ismael Manero says, yo, stop looking at 40 time, man. Game speed is more important. Game speed is more important. 40 time is cool. Straight line speed, but game speed is what you want. Game quickness is what you want. 
Yo, CR says, yo, Rico, you might as well suit up as RB. I would love it. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> That'd be dope. Let's look at the receiver room. If we're going to go receiver in the first round, Jackson Smith and Jigba, doubt it that he falls to 27. But if he does, hop all over it or you trade up and grab it. Zay Flowers. I like Zay Flowers. Ever since somebody told me that he, um, I forgot who the scout was. Somebody, Some scout said that he's very much, I think it was Bucky Brooks. Bucky Brooks says he's very much like Antonio Brown. And when I look at, when I look at, uh, you know, Zay Flowers play, all I see is now Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is all I see when I watch. If you go watch Zay Brown, Zay Brown, if you go watch Zay Flowers, go and take a look and look at the similar styles and then all you'll see is Antonio Brown style. Next up, Quentin Johnson, big boy, six foot four, over 200 pounds. I think he came, he's playing out of a TCU. Not a great route runner, but could do the damn thing. Jordan Addison and Josh Downs, slot receivers, small guys that can run routes. O-line, Paris Johnson Jr., Darnell Wright, Dewan Jones, Osiris Torrance, and Steve Avila. And if you go to D-line, you got Jalen Carter, you got Brian Breesy, or Brian Brees, which is a big boy, and uh, Keanu Benton, Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith was, would be really nice. And then Will McDonald the fourth. So here's the deal. With those lists, my man Bobby likes these four players. He likes Drew Saunders, Drew Sanders for the Bills. He likes Zay Flowers for the Bills. He likes Darnell Wright. If we go with the O-line, Darnell Wright for the Bills. And last but not least, Brian Brees. Defensive line, Brian Brees for the Bills. I saw highlights of Brian Brees. Brian Brees could be nice, man. He's killing kids in high school. My gosh. He was a man amongst boys. It was sickening. Johnson don't high point the ball, man. No thanks. And you know what? He doesn't high point. He's a body catcher. You're right, Ishmael. He's a body catcher. Not interested in that. Because we know what body catchers do, man. In crucial moments, they drop the football. I need a guy that's going to snag that thing and go from there. My man said, yo, any concerns about Flowers being five foot nine? Heck no. You know also, you know who else was five foot nine and was an absolute dog? Steve Smith. Steve Smith was five foot nine. He wasn't no four, three burner speed. He was just a dog on the field. And if you give me a dog that make, all he does is make plays, man, yo, sign me up. We ain't got to talk about nothing else. Sign me up. I'm not worried about no height no more, man. Yo, height, height ain't everything, man. There's a whole bunch of tall ass, whack ass guys out there that ain't doing shit for us. Or shit for anybody else. It's about getting separation this league. You get separation, yo, the rest is history, man. The rest is history. Playmakers is what we want. So, folks, we I got research to do. You guys got some research to do. We'll see how this all plays out. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, listen, man, we'll see how we'll see where this this uh, this draft is gonna take us. Brandon Bean, we got lots of things to handle, my boy. We got lots of things to handle. We got to make things happen. We got to make things happen. So many things need to happen but this team. But I'm going to tell you right now, man, just get the right pieces that fit on this team that can contribute right off the bat. Let's roll. Let's roll. My man, so, yo, Steve Smith weighed almost 200 pounds. I'm not talking about the weight, my guy. I'm talking about the height. Height to me don't matter. And and when you're a dog, it don't it, you could be you could be soaking you could be freaking 149 pounds soaking wet, but you got that dog mentality in you. 
That's all you need, baby. Now, weight does help, but that's all. You, it's all here, man. It's all mentality. Steve Smith wasn't a big, big dude, but it's mentality. Now, Zay Flowers is a completely different. I told you the comparison is it's more like Steve, uh, Steve, you're going to say Steve, Antonio Brown. But in terms of height and stature, five foot nine, yo, give me that. Give me that. Anyway, folks, let me let you guys, let me let you get out of here and enjoy the rest of your Wednesday evening. I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. I usually go on Tuesday evenings, but I have to, you know, come out and bless the mic and get on here. And hopefully I can be back here on Friday. I know that we've been going once a week. I'm going to try to get back into it since the draft is coming along. I'm going to try to get back into it going back twice a week so we can ball out and have a good time. So if you guys enjoyed the show, you guys know what to do. Smash that like. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't subscribed. And uh, listen, folks, you guys have yourself a great one. And we will catch you guys again potentially on Friday. If you guys have any suggestions of shows and topics that you want us to hit, it's very simple. We are accessible. Hit us up by email. Go to the Instagram page. Go to the Twitter page. Look us up. Hit us up. And then we go from there. So, folks, enjoy the rest of your evening. I know I will. And uh, we will catch you guys on the flip side. And, folks, until next time, have yourself a fantastic evening. It's your boy. Catch you on the flip side. And I'm the first credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.